Live from Nashville, Tennessee, it's Dawn and Steve in the morning. Good morning from Moody Radio. Moody Tunes is back. Five songs this hour. Which one is on today's show? All of the artists will be appearing on Moody Tunes in the coming months, though. So Wednesday, 8 till 9 is when you need to be around. And Eyewitness to Asprey joins us this hour. First up, though, from the word to life, it's the Devo. Call or text 800-555-7898 to join the conversation. Well, we are glad that you are here with us, Mr. Briggs. Appreciate that. And uh, looking forward to what we have coming up on the, the program today. As you just heard, Moody Tunes coming your way in about two hours from right now. You're going to find out who the guest actually is today. And uh, as Briggs just said, all the songs that we're going to play this hour, well, that's a future artist coming up on a near or soon to come moody tunes but glad that you are with us and uh, threw out a question yesterday and we didn't have the opportunity to get to all of your phone calls yesterday so we're going to continue to talk a little bit about the revival or awakening or whatever we want to call what's been happening at asbury if you've been or maybe you've been to cedarville or lee university or one of the other locations where the spirit of god seems to be moving powerfully would love to know I know we had uh, someone calling yesterday who said they spent a number of days in Kentucky at Asbury. And uh, we just unfortunately ran out of time to get to your phone call. So if you have been there and you want to share what the experience was like, we'd love to know. But need you to call in in the next couple minutes here. 800-555-7898. That's 800-555-7898. You know, with what has been happening there, we are hearing a lot more about revival. We're hearing more about the Spirit of God moving. Nancy DeMoss-Wolgamuth has written recently about revival, and she's asked the question, when do we need revival? I think that's a great question. And there's a part of me that just wants to say, always, right? (laughs) Don't we always need that? But She's gone through and said, here are some times that we may want to consider we need to be begging, pleading with God to send revival when things along these lines happen. And we'll sprinkle a few of these throughout the hour. But here's one. We need revival when we do not love Jesus as we once did. So often when we begin that relationship with him, there's the excitement, there's the love, there's the appreciation from the forgiveness of sins, the freedom that we experience in that, the joy and wanting to tell others, but without the right nurturing and relationship with Christ, that, that love can kind of grow cold. So we need, we need revival when we don't love him as we once did, when our earthly interests and occupations are more important to us than the eternal ones. Here's one that might be convicting, or a couple that might be convicting for a few of us when we would rather scroll social media and binge-watch shows and movies than read the Bible and pray, when church dinners are better attended than prayer meetings, and when concerts draw bigger crowds than prayer meetings. We need revival then. And I think we recognize that in culture. I think we realize that and know that within the church. And I think that's part of the reason that we've seen so many people flock to Asbury and other places where God seems to be moving. They want a piece of that. We want to be a part of that. We want to see God move, and so many of us have prayed for that. 
And when we see it happening, we want that to to be the reality for, for us as well. Maybe we have little desire to pray and we see something like that going on and we like we know that we need the Lord to touch us in that way. If you've been there, if you've been to Asbury, if you've been to one of these other locations, love to know what your experience has been. We're going to uh, be joined by another who's been uh, at Asbury recently and get an account from him coming up just a little bit later this half hour. But if you want to share, I encourage you to get that phone call in right now at 800-555-7898. That's 800-555-7898. You know, when God moves, we want to be ready, right? You think of how when he began to move in Asbury a couple of weeks ago, it was just an ordinary day. But there are people who are sensitive to his spirit, and they said, okay, we want to be a part. We're going to continue to pray. We're going to continue to worship. We're going to continue to sing. We're going to continue to read scripture. Their hearts are ready to do what God had asked them to do, but are our, our hearts ready? In Matthew 17, verses 16 and 17, we read Jesus saying these words. So I brought him to your disciples. Well, actually, this is someone talking to Jesus, and Jesus is going to respond. This person says to Jesus, I brought this person with a problem to your disciples, but they couldn't cure him. And Jesus then answered, and here's the words of Jesus, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Now, here's the context for this. Jesus gave his disciples the power to cast out demons and to perform miracles of healing. That's in Matthew 10, verse 8. He gave those disciples his authority to minister to people. Yet they became so self-centered that they lost the power to do the work of God. When God sent a father with his epileptic son to them for healing, they failed. They failed miserably. They were too concerned about power and about status, like we read in Mark 9. They were so concerned about that, the power and the status stuff, that they lost their focus on what God wanted to do through them. And Jesus' response to his disciples included some of the harshest words that ever came out of his mouth. He called his own disciples unbelieving and perverse and questioned how much longer he had to endure them. Why? Well, because they were supposed to be on mission with him, on mission to bring salvation to others. But they'd become so disoriented to him that they were spiritually powerless, lacking the faith to bring physical and spiritual comfort to those that God had sent to them. God ought to be able to send a hurting person to any child of his and expect that that hurting person will be helped. Like the disciples, we can become so preoccupied with our own ambitions. We can be so distracted by the busyness of our lives that we become ineffective in ministering to those whom God sends to us. It's possible even to become so involved in religious activity that we end up being no real help to anyone. So here's the challenge for you and for me today. Regularly take inventory of your life and see 
if you're being a faithful steward of every life that God sends to you. If you want a copy of this morning's devotional, love to get that to you. Simply text the word Devo, D-E-V-O. Text that to 800-555-7898. That's 800-555-7898. Or you'll find this linked at our Facebook page. On Facebook, it's Don and Steve in the morning. This is Moody Radio. Well, apparently we're having some uh, technical difficulties right now, so here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to talk just a, a little bit more here about revival. So as we think about what we were just looking at in this morning's devotional, the fact that God, that he wants to have his kids ready to be used, ready to minister to those to whom he sends our way, we need to be right. We need to be clean. We need to be walking in close relationship with God. And when that is not the reality of our lives, what do we need then? We need to cry out to God and ask him to move. But some of the things that can be very real is that our Christianity can be joyless and passionless. And that when that is the case, are we crying out to God? For revival, that he would move in our lives. We need to ask him to move when the truth in our heads is not being lived out in our lives. When we make little effort to witness to the loss, and when we make time for sports and recreation and entertainment, but not for Bible study or prayer, when we don't tremble at the word of God, we need revival. And one of the things that may help with that is to take some time and to remember how blessed we are to thank God for that and ask him to move in our lives. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning. On YouTube today, Trevor Whitman drops to share about brick by brick to reconstruct the deconstructed. Click the bell to subscribe at youtube.com forward slash at Dawn and Steve to be reminded each time a new video drops. I'll go check that out again on YouTube. It's simply at Don and Steve. And uh, one of the things that's been fascinating using social media has been to see all the people commenting and posting pictures and video of what's been happening at Asbury in Kentucky. And uh, Steve Copeland, uh, Copeland sorry, has uh, been there just recently. He was born again back in 1982 and spent much of his adult life as a healthcare executive. Now he spends a lot of time traveling around, ministering to people, doing evangelism. But Steve, I understand that you were just recently in the Asbury um, or at Asbury. What what was your experience like there? Uh, it was very positive, very encouraging. Uh, it seemed to be very genuine. Uh, and uh, the young people there, the students were being really impacted by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, saw, seeing people repent, humble themselves before the Lord. And many outsiders came. But it seemed that it, while I was there, that everyone who was there uh, was there because they sensed the Lord had led them to be there. Hmm. And how did you sense the Lord led you to be there? Well, for many years, I've been. Considering what happened at Asbury in 1970, I had a very good friend who was there uh, 53 years ago, and uh, even on one of our evangelistic outreaches, uh, the group that we were with, we 
showed one of the old videos of it. So we've been considering it a while. And uh, my friend, who's now almost 82 years old, he had a desire to go. And I said, I, I'll go with you. And uh, it really was a great encouragement. When you kind of rolled into town and uh, approached the campus there, what, was it crowded? Kind of describe the scene and, and what you experienced as you got there. Well, yes, uh, we got there uh, of Thursday last week, and uh, first we had to find a place to park. It took a little while, and then uh, we walked toward the main auditorium where much of the activity was going on and I realized there's a long line to get in and uh, and it was raining and I said I forgot my umbrella so I, I thought well I'm going to get real wet before we get inside and uh, my friend happened to go a little bit different direction and before long he was being interviewed on the 700 club hmm. <laughs> okay <laughs> Well, as uh, he was being interviewed and uh, you were getting wet there, um, did, did the line move quickly? Because I heard at one point the line to get in was over a mile long. Yes. the day We got there Thursday. The, the line to get in, it took about 40, 45 minutes to get in. Uh, by the time we left the next day, the line was over a mile long. Wow. So within 24 hours, and I'm originally from New York, so when we got there, it was busy, active, and everything else. By the time we left, it, the traffic uh, felt like a, a, a traffic jam in a large inner city. Well, at one point, they were turning people away because they just couldn't handle that many people coming to, to that uh, area. Um, be, before we uh, go to our next song, one more uh, quick question, then ask you to hang on here. Yes. You, you said that your impression was that it was genuine. If there was to be one other word that you would kind of use to describe the atmosphere of the campus and of the, the chapel where things began there, how would you, what word would you use to describe that? Um, my observation is the word stirring, a stirring of the Holy Spirit and uh, uh, a real sense of the holiness of God. Well, Steve Copeland joining us uh, just recently on the campus of Asbury and kind of sharing his experience with us and uh, love to hear the stories of God stirring and moving in these ways. And I uh, hope that you'll stay tuned. You will have a question for Steve. Go ahead and text that in 800-555-7898. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning. We're glad you're here. Call or text 800 800- Five 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 seven eight nine eight, and join the conversation. Talking with Steve Copeland this morning, he was a healthcare executive most of his career, born again back in 1982, but wanted to connect to talk a little bit about his recent experience of visiting Asbury in Kentucky. And uh, Steve, you said that when you were there, um, thousands of people showing up because they wanted to, in a sense, have this fresh experience with God. You said it seemed very genuine. Uh, that, uh, you know, it was a, a real moving time there. I, I've heard that one of the things that most people walked away with was a sense that not only was the Spirit of God moving, but there was a feeling of love and unity. Did, did you experience some of that? Oh, absolutely. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control was completely in the atmosphere. And you 
you immediately connected with anyone that you talked to. There was just that immediate bond of love and of grace that was uh, was genuine. And also, again, holiness. It was almost as if you it was very difficult uh, to uh, allow the sin nature to have any place there. You were you were walking in a real sense of a little bit of heaven on earth. Um, for those who, you know, have only seen the pictures online and, and uh, maybe read a, a couple of accounts, when you did get inside the chapel where things began, what, not what was the atmosphere like? I think we've talked a little bit about that, but like what was going on in there? It, you know, when we read the accounts of people reading scripture and singing, and it, was there a sense of organization? Was it just kind of things naturally unfolding? Kind of describe what was actually taking place inside. Yeah, it was very organic, uh, sort of flowing naturally, uh, led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, some of the young people every now and then would facilitate a time of, let's say, testimony, where eight or ten people would share their testimony, what the Lord was doing in their lives, or how the Lord set them free from besetting sins, or things like that, and and then maybe facilitated a pathway of worship, which was just really glorious. And the worship spilled over outside the auditorium and into people who were watching it outside on a big screen. You, you really sense that you were in the presence of the Lord. When uh, you now are back home and reflect on what you experienced there, what, what did you take home with you? Well, for many years, uh, many of the people I know have been praying for revival, great awakening in, in the United States from sea to shining sea, every town, village, city, rural area, suburban area. And the sense of it, like it was a, uh, like a, in Elijah's day, a, a cloud like a man's hand. It's a, perhaps the beginning of a great outpouring of the Spirit across our nation, which is something to continue steadfastly to pray for until we see the fulfillment uh, by the Lord. You bring up prayer, and many of us have been praying for that. I think maybe we'd take a moment and do that right now. Steve, would you lead us in, in prayer that God would yes. use what's going on in Asbury and now in other parts to really do His work? Yes. Lord, we do thank You that You are faithful, and Lord, even when we're unfaithful, You still your mercy and grace endure forever. And we do ask you, Lord, that this prayer on for every college campus, for every community in America, that there would be an awakening like we've never seen before, a move of the Holy Spirit that causes the church to come alive in a, in a whole new way and for many to be saved and for our nation to be spared from its, uh, the pathway that it's on. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Steve, Amen. thank you for joining us this morning. Appreciate uh, you sharing your experience with us at yes. Asbury. And um, we'll continue to, to join you in prayer that God would have his way, that his spirit would continue to move, and that many would come to know him for the very first time, and that those who know him would uh, be renewed in the relationship with him. Dawn and Steve in the Morning have just launched our Instagram channel. Follow Dawn and Steve in the Morning on Instagram now. We're glad you're with us this morning as we uh, were just talking with Steve Copeland a few moments ago about revival. 
and what's been happening at the campus uh, at Asbury, just thinking about our need for personal revival. And Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth has put together a list of things that we need to maybe take a moment and seriously consider. She's asked the question, when do we need revival? There's a fantastic list here. Um, One of those times that we know that we need revival is when we seldom think thoughts of eternity. When God's people are more concerned about their jobs and their careers than the kingdom of Christ and the salvation of the lost. God's people getting together with other believers and the conversation is just about the news, sports, weather, not about the Lord. When church services are predictable and business as usual, we need revival in our lives at times like that. When our marriages are simply coexisting rather than being full of the love of Christ, when Christian husbands and wives are not praying together, when our kids are growing up to adopt worldly values and secular philosophies and ungodly lifestyles, are we crying out to God and praying for revival then? As a parent who watches a kid adopt those values and go that way, should that not be our natural response to that? God, would you do a fresh work? Would you bring revival in their life, in my life too? When we're more concerned about our kids' education and their athletic activities than about the condition of their souls, when sin in the church is simply brushed under the carpet and not dealt with, when known sin is ignored, there's no biblical process of discipline or restoration, When we tolerate the little sins of gossip, a critical spirit, the lack of love, we need to be praying for revival, for revival in our own lives and revival in this country. When we will watch things online, on television, in movies that we know are not holy, that we shouldn't be doing, when our singing is half-hearted, our worship is lifeless, when our prayers are just empty words designed to impress others and they lack any sense of fervency, when our hearts are cold and our eyes are dry, when we aren't seeing the evidence of a supernatural power of God, when we've stopped weeping and mourning and grieving over our own sin and the sin of others, we need to be praying for revival. When we're bored with worship, when people have to be entertained to be drawn to church, when we start fitting in and adapting to the world rather than calling the world to adapt to God's standard of holiness, when we don't long for the company and the fellowship of God's people, when people have to be begged to give and to serve the church, and when we aren't seeing lost people drawn to Jesus on a regular basis, would we then cry out to God for revival? God, would you do a work? Would you move in such a way that we would know that it is you moving? Could we experience you in a fresh way once again?